0: Ninety five one of the peak, it's Talk of the Town with John and Mel. How does Canada feel about COVID nineteen? Where are the biggest points of anxiety? Here's a special COVID nineteen feature from our very own Melanie Case. So as the daily new numbers come out for COVID-19, many graphs and forecast charts are being put together analyzing our behaviors, the social and economic impacts from the virus, etc. And that is with the help from our next guest, global CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, a polling, research, marketing, and analysis company, Daryl Bricker joins us. Now, it's definitely an incredibly worrisome time in our society, with the majority concerned about the unknown, many feeling like they have a lack of control over the situation. Well,
1: what they're really, really worried about is the economic impacts of what's going on with the shutdown related to the coronavirus. So only about 30% of us are really believe that there's a, a potential that we could get the disease, and we're worried about that. But in the mid-60s now, which is the highest I have ever seen in the 30 years I've been doing this, in the mid-60s now are worried about they or someone in their household losing their jobs. So it may be uh, an infection, a physical infection, but the disease itself is having a, a destructive effect on our economy and the lives, the livelihoods of Canadians.
0: With the research coming out, how are our concerns about the economy as Canadians affecting the decision-making by our provincial and federal leaders?
1: Well, it's got to be creating a lot of pressure. I mean, the uh, um, they've moved very fast in terms of trying to get specific uh, economic aid to individuals, but um, uh, there's so many people who are so really concerned. One wonders if they'll be able to get them, particularly in this first wave, everything that they need to get them over the next little while. But even though we're dealing with this now, I mean... What we've got in place is really only for the next three months. So hopefully what happens is that we get over this. But uh, the damage, I mean, how many of those small businesses that we all walk by in the neighborhoods that we live in are, are going to be there when we, uh, when we go back, say, in June or July?
0: What is the research showing in regards to other health issues? Are we neglecting other public health concerns as we focus on COVID-19?
1: Well, one of the ones that I, I, I think the data are showing is going to be an issue is things that have to do with mental health. So the mental health uh, implications of people being locked up for as long as they are, and also in, in precarious economic circumstances, closer to 50% of us are saying that we're feeling lonely and disconnected. Uh, they don't have people to help them out uh, in terms of providing them with uh, social contact and support. They're not at home with their wife and their kids or their husband and their kids. Uh, they're, they're by themselves.
0: When I think of a typical Canadian household, my mind doesn't drift to individuals living alone at all.
1: Yeah, and that's absolutely the case, particularly among well, it's actually among both men and women, but but women, particularly at the old, when they get older, uh, the likelihood that they don't remarry if they're either widowed or they're separated or divorced, and they and they to, and they decide to live on their own is really high. So uh, you know, those single and, and a lot of them are staying in their single-family homes. They're not moving into you know, collective residences or seniors' residences or anything like that. They're staying right where they are. So we have these assumptions about what we think Canada is and what Canadians, in particular, Canadians are that are way wildly off the mark of actually what's happening in our individual households.
0: What are the lessons we'll be taking away from this experience in the post-COVID world?
1: Well, and see, that's the really, really interesting question. Uh, there'll probably be some positives, and there'll probably be some negatives. But I'm reading a lot of stuff where people are saying, you know, it's, it's completely different. Everything is, you know, turned up, upside down. Everything, nothing is going to be the same again. Eh, I don't know. It uh, remains to be seen. I mean, everything was supposed to be way different after 9-11. Everything was supposed to be way different after the, uh, the economic meltdown of 2008. I mean, how much really changed? Um, a few things did, um, and those are the things that we should focus on here. Maybe some positives, like I said, maybe people start washing their hands and taking personal hygiene, uh, you know, more more seriously. Uh, maybe uh, we're going to. Um Maybe we're going to start making demands on uh, people like airlines and saying, look, you know, it's not just enough to give us comfort in our in, in our seating in an airplane. Maybe you need to provide some space so I'm not going to get infected by somebody who's sitting very, very close. Uh, th- there could be aspects of these sorts of things uh, that could find their way uh, into uh, – into our day to day lives where they become more of a routine thing that we start asking for and demanding uh but in terms of you know turning up upside down the economic order uh you know massively changing the political system like I've heard some people and read some people talking about on the uh uh you know on social media and also in you know columns and things in other places uh, remains to be seen I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm gonna i'm gonna wait a bit of, uh, a bit before i pass any judgment on that
0: well we've been speaking with ipso ceo daryl bricker thank you for joining us on talk of the town